dum dum Fuck. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we are taking control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me, once again, Kramer. Right here. Elaine. Yes. And George. Ooh. So we don't. So, you, so you're Jerry. Obviously. Is what, is what you're <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Well, Summer of George, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the racist one. God damn it. <laughs> you're the villain. Oh, I'm in veep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might be wondering why we're talking about this, but uh, honestly, I am. Mm, well, <laughs> it's only well, a matter of time, yeah. folks. This is the first instance in the history of the Hottest 100 where we are going to talk about a song, and then we're going to talk about a song again in the same countdown. We've mm. talked about uh, the same song getting in twice. Live. Uh, bloody <laughs> live. Another one. No, Naked Eye. Naked Eye. My naked Eye. Um, yeah, it was all right. But this is one of the very rare instances in the history of the Hottest 100 where a cover of a song has gotten in the same year that the actual song itself also got in. I believe this also happened in 2004 with uh, Take Me Out. Who covered that? Scissor Sisters. Oh, right. I remember that. Yeah, nice. We're talking about something for Kate once again. Uh, and this is their cover of Harpoon by Jebediah. Correct pronunciation. <laughs> this could take some explaining, but I'm sure you will agree. There is no use pretending that there's hope for you. Something for Kate coming in at number 85 in the 1998 Hottest 100. That is Harpoon, as originally performed by Kevin Bloody Mitchell and that god-awful Jebediah band. Those scamps. Those bloody scamps. I'm so glad that we are talking about the far superior version by the far superior band. Not only is Paul Dempsey taller, he's also smarter. And he's got a bigger number, which is better. Yeah, exactly. You know. He's from Melbourne, not Perth. Yeah, exactly. Not the gross city. Guys, I can't stand for this. Yeah, yeah, fully right. I can't abide it. I can't can't abide by it. I was just love trying you, to be Kev. Cool. Love you, mate. <laughs> um, love yeah. the gems. Love something for Kate. And love the fact that they love each other. Yeah, oh, yeah friends. This, this was a track on the Harpoon single released yeah. by Jebediah. Yes. Yeah. And, the and, greatest and love story ever told. And then ended up on their uh, rarities collection, Phantom Limbs. True. And also, they did a old switcheroo because Jebediah covered a Clint by something mm. for Kate on yeah, that you- very same EP. Hey, 
you remember when you were um, a kid and you thought the bands you liked were all friends? And then sometimes they are. And it's like, Yay. It, yeah. is, it is truly like wish fulfillment. It's super cool knowing and having proof Musical proof that sometimes your childish <laughs> thoughts about bands being best friends was true. Precisely. Yeah. I think it's extra nice because, like, obviously they're both young bands and they're label mates as well, but, and they're both coming through at the same sort of time. But Jebediah and Something for Kate hit very different points in terms of the Definitely. style of music they're making. Yeah. Jebediah are, are young and fast and frenetic. Something for Kate, it's a much deeper and, and sort of more melancholy like sound. It's, it's somber, not bratty. Yeah. 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 yeah, 100%. Yeah. Which kind of makes it even more interesting that, you know, they'll cover each other's songs and that they'll just be friends. It's so nice. Um, I like the tonal shifts a little bit here. So, like, they kind of play with that major minor cadence a bit, which is cool. They kind of toy with the song being in B minor as opposed to the B major of the original. Mm. Which is great if, you know, if you're which talking about going totally from- suits something for Kate. Right? Yeah. yeah. They've always been a minor chord band. All their most famous songs are in minor chords. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what I think is really great about this particular song and this particular cover is that it's uncompromisingly something for Kate, despite the fact that they didn't compose the song. Yeah, it's super... It's a, it's a heaps Katie song, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's just them. and they, they don't compromise on their sound at all. They interpret it wonderfully and organically to be a something for Kate yeah. song, which is, you know, a way to approach a cover and succeeded it. The simplicity of the lyrics when they come out of Paul's mouth is yeah. just like, whoa, this is gutting in a very different way. <laughs> Good point. Like, yeah, I actually really appreciated uh, the song lyrically. Funnily enough, apparently he got some lyrics wrong. Yeah, Kevin, a- Kevin's uh, gone on, on record talking to Richard Kingsville saying, like, he, a- got, he, got some, he got some words wrong, but that's okay, I can understand. There's a lovely <laughs> quote. He says, yeah. um, he got some words wrong. Well, that's okay, I can understand. Actually, and then he says, and this is so fucking, I reckon this would be such a fucking beautiful moment as a artist. He says, um, yeah. the first time I ever heard it was live at Pushover. It was great. It was the first time we'd ever heard a band play one of our songs. It was such a buzz. The fact that they did it so well was even cooler. That feeling would be so fucking tight seeing yeah. a band that you like play one of your songs. What the shit, man? And play it differently and, and good. super well. Yeah. Like, just like, obviously, before we go into like all the coolness, but this is a really good song. Yeah. This sounds yeah. great. It's like I said before, something that never really gelled with me and mm. I still maintain that and this is not that feeling and again maybe that's just because I like the um, Jeb original I hadn't heard this cover no it was the first time for me as well yeah, yeah but it's yeah. really cool I didn't know it was going to be a cover um, I just like sort of Kate Harpoon queue it up for the prep for the app yep and um, P for the E and then like yeah, yeah. yeah got a shortened preparation and episode <laughs> even further um his voice works really well with these lyrics. Like, I mean, like you say, it comes, it comes across as this somber, like, hit me like a harpoon or whatever. It's yeah. like, oh man, oh Jesus. Like, when Christ. he sings, don't try to touch my hand, that's like, Whoa. that is the best. That line is so real. It's like, I can stand conversation, but I can't stand affection or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've been in that situation yeah. in a relationship. Yeah. It's like, cool, we can be friends. Like, I don't hate you as a person, but if you try and be affectionate with me, don't touch my hand. That's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. Ah, a harpoon, a harpoon through my heart. Um, what? Simpsons, a dagger, a dagger through my heart. Doesn't know. <laughs> Jebediah like the Simpsons, so it's a thing that they and I share. So you can whatever. That one's know. just for Kev. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When your faves love your faves. That's he right. He knows what's good. But there's, you know, even to the fact that they got some of the words wrong. There's, there's something nice compared to now where. If you like something, you can find out everything about it. It's yeah. really nice to think that at that time they were doing the cover without perfect information or whatever. Yeah. And, and it's an oral tradition. Yeah. yeah as opposed mm. to a digital 
tradition. Yeah, yeah. exactly. When they really kick up and the tremolos start, it's just kind of like, how much more Oof. on board could I be? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, is really an, this is an excellent cover. It does everything good that a good cover should do. It reminds you why the original is good, but also reminds you why the band covering it has the purpose to cover it. Like yep. it does what it brings the something for Kate out of the song that you didn't know could be there. It's really excellently done. Yeah. I had a real, like I listened to this numerous times. I'm like, oh, I had a lot, a lot of love for this track. Great cover. Great yeah. work. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, good that uh, something for Kate have also got on the record saying that they really like the Jebediah cover of Clint as well. They're saying like, mm. yeah, it adds Yay. like a, yeah. a high energy, puts a smile on your face. It just picks you up. You could jump off stages to their version. It's what? so nice. It's just like, it's too wholesome. Yeah. I'm just, and I'm glad that Paul Dempsey uh, actually smiles at something. <laughs> True. Yeah. Or allegedly. Yeah, yeah. At least he yeah. says he does. Yeah. So, so it puts a smile on your face, you know, like. Oh, you, know, you know what a smile looks like. Yeah, just just trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put a smile on your face. Not my face, but the editorial, your face. Yeah. The royal face. royal face. And number 84, this is Green Day with Good Riddance. Open bracket. Time of your life. Close bracket. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable But in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life Green Day coming in at number 84 in the 1998 Hottest 100 with a little ditty you might know called Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. Yeah, those snotty punks Green Day are back oh, at it again. Man. <laughs> this is totally their every rose has its thorn moment, isn't it? <laughs> I remember um, one time I was out with some friends of mine. We were playing a show at this pub in Wollongong and there was this average Ernest Bogan acoustic dude playing before us. And we were just like... Oh, yeah, whatever, dude. No effects sticker on me. Guitar. Cool, dude. Yeah, I was alive in the 90s, too. It was sick. Dragging this guy. Yeah. (laughs) So we go outside and we go for a walk and, you know, we're just hanging out um, in the city and shit. And as we come back around, it's just like, oh, what's about old mate still fucking playing? It's just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I bet he's probably busting out, like, good riddance or something. We walk in. It's something unpredictable. We're like, no fucking way! That man is cursed! <laughs> like, for him, you're like screaming. He's like, man, that guy's really good. No, 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 like, we had to leave the pub again. It was like we saw a fucking ghost. Like, we were mortified. Like, how did we pick the exact right time to walk back in, make that joke, go into the pub, go to the stage, and hear him halfway through playing that fucking song? That's how cliche this song has become. Like, we have to get it out there that it's a well-written song, right? Like, it's a good song. Yeah, of song. course, yeah. We're not hating it. No, but it's their... It's, it's really it's, defensive <laughs> about what Green Day love now. It's their Wonderwall. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. totally their Wonderwall. This is one of those songs where... 
Billy Joe could start playing it, go away from the mic, and get the entire crowd yeah. to sing it without any vocal accompaniment. Like, he could just leave it in their hands. Yeah. Between uh, primary school graduation, high school graduation, and the two uni graduations I've had, those are the times I should have heard this song and no other times. Those four times would have done me for this song that is clearly huh. a, a graduation song. It's not as obvious as Vitamin C's graduation song. Green Day was surprised it became a graduation song because it's like just written about Billy's girlfriend uh, mm, leaving yeah. for Ecuador. But it would be very weird if TLC were like, this is a graduation <laughs> song. <laughs> I like that you uh, made a, a speaker there and said TLC, not vitamin C. Yeah. <laughs> People, yeah. TLC are surprised that Waterfalls <laughs> is a graduation song. The thing is, like, it's just so... It's like when we were speaking about Tub something, right? Like, it's beyond... It's way beyond critical reproach. It's just this entity that's way bigger than Green Day who are fucking huge and this is bigger than that it's just this monumental song that becomes a quintessential thing for like a changing moment in your life it's a well written song I know it's really good I'm so I'm super surprised it's so low in the countdown mm. it feels like it should be like a number four I guess it depends how quickly it all happened like yeah, right, yeah. you know Triple J are playing it and then how quickly it became is it on Australian TV at every emotional moment yeah but the other thing to consider is the fact that the Triple J audience are already Green Day fans. We have proof of that. Yeah. And not every established Green Day fan was entirely around yeah, this. fully right, because um, it is yeah. like a soft ballad thing from a band who were like Brady Young Punks. Exactly, and the uh, inverse of that is that not every fan of this song was around the rest of the Green Day material yeah, they yeah. encountered. Record stores apparently got so many returns of Nimrod ah. because people bought it thinking that it was all going to be like Time of Your Life. And then It must have been pretty exhausting. It's a huge thing. Green Day fan, and, and so many people being like, I love Green Day. And it's like, you love one very non Green yeah, Day song. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, that must have gotten some people offside. So perhaps a reason for accounting for it being so low is that yeah. the normal voters, which would have been the people who were way behind Green Day, just didn't get across this song in the yeah. same way. I love the origin story of this song, though. Like, heaps interesting knowing that it's about that one specific relationship that Billy Joe had, where his girlfriend went off to Ecuador, and it's a really bitter, pissed-off song where I hope you had the time of your life is actually a really bitter sentiment. But at the same time, the lyrics are so open that you can apply it to pretty much anything. And Billy's gone on record saying that it, it kind of makes sense that it's used in graduations and whatever. Like, he, he can read the openness, even though it was so specific for him in the lyrics, that it, that it is used in contexts like that. But the thing that I really love about this track is how nervous the band were about it. Billy wrote this before Dookie. Like, right. They, he was sitting on this song. So he, the relationship's been dead years. for years now. <laughs> for years. And they just were like, we we don't know what to do with this soft acoustic song. Because it's not we, like we, their sound at all. And eventually they had to get this thing kind of out. And they were so nervous. The beautiful story about this is when they were talking about performing it for the first time. Mm. It was in New Jersey. <laughs> and Billy was like. I, I don't know how to go out and play this song in front of people. And to a just, bunch of people from New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. Hey, 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 buddy. Oh, nice hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're motion here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. I knew that we were going to do yeah. that. I actually, yeah. it's actually, um, I have Tony Soprano voice written yeah. in my notes. <laughs> it's, 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 ne it's never As racist always. to do a New Jersey ripoff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And apparently he just, the, the way he coped with it is just by chugging beers. 
He just, yeah. just to get himself Sink out there. Sinking mad piss. To overcome <laughs> he's, he's the nervous fucking up the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but Mike Dirt has also gone on the record saying that, like, in some ways it's not surprising that this happened because they always wrote on acoustic guitars. It's not like mm. when you're going to write a song, you're going to plug in and, you know, go through the electrics and whatever. So it's like, of course, eventually what's going to happen is you're going to write... Something will sound it, good on the acoustic guitar. And you're going you're gonna to run with it. Yeah. And so that's you know, what, what happened. And they also look back on the writing of this song and they say, like, thank God we did it. Thank God we released it. Thank God we had the bravery to do that at the time. <laughs> it was a thing yes. for us. Yeah, great, yeah. Green Day so bravery brave to JPEG. Dude, like, I'm not actually kidding on that. Like, they, they were really worried about their reputation and what the fans would think. Yeah, fully, right? Like, like, I get it, right? And in its own moment, they would have been scared. Like, you know what? We have to do it because they're proud of the song and they're happy with it. And there is a certain kind of, like, bravery. Like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Yeah. The art is the art. I don't care about the fan base, but it is very funny. And Green Day are braver than the troops. <laughs> well, anyway, they they uh, they say that it's a moment that they, in doing that, allowed them to be more ambitious in the future. So you yeah. know, hence writing a rock opera, Jesus yeah. of Suburbia, and all that. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just think it's really interesting that all that anxiety is built around this song for that band, whereas like now. We're so used to loud bands doing quiet songs, and and I and I've talked about before about how those songs are often their biggest hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I don't like the noisy songs, but I like the nice song. Yeah, play the nice song. You suck if you were like a really hardcore punk band, and then you're like, okay, we had a big hit with this, and the rest of our stuff nobody really likes, but we're like playing the shitty punk music. <laughs> Even with like they're not a heavy band or anything, but Chicago used to be like a straight up, you know, old school piano bar band with horns and stuff like that. And then Peter Cetera writes, "If you leave me now," and <laughs> it completely changes the band, you know. And then all their biggest hits after that are like You're the Inspiration and all those like super cheesy 80s ballads, mm. you know? It's a plague, man. If you're going to do a ballad, make sure it's shit. Otherwise, it's going to define you. The uh, choice to have strings on the track as well was kind of laboured over. The producer of the track was just basically like, he didn't know what to do. And he was just yeah. kind of, I got it. And he said, he, he told everyone else in the band to go play foosball. That's the quote. He's like, go go play foosball. And he brought these strings in and they just recorded them in 20 minutes. He's like, guys, this is what the track needs. He kind of like did it that's like, without permission. That's- but good ear for like knowing because that it just does so much work. It's such mm. a it's such a simple song, chord progression wise. Lyrics are like beautiful, but part of why they're so easy to attach to any emotional moment is just how open they are. I would use the word generous. Yeah. When I was preparing for this, Andrew, I agree. I don't need to hear this song anymore. <laughs> and I never, ever will feel the need to put it on yeah, of right. my own free will. I will hear it enough, incidentally. It is even, one of those songs. Even when I saw Green Day and Billy Joe ended with this just playing it by himself, I'm just like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but then on the nose, like, Green Day. But like, they're, they're not, like, they couldn't not play it, though, right? I reckon they could get away with it these days, to be perfectly honest. Maybe. They, they do have a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But it, I think it is actually touching and it is actually very very generous and open and it has that universal quality it is a well-made well-written yeah. song that's yeah. why it is where it is that's how songs get to the meteoric heights that this kind of does do you think anyone can really i guess i'm sure some people can i just like i don't know how you would connect with it now i wouldn't actually begrudge anyone connecting to this song contextually it's definitely just been it's too much man yeah. it's too much but like i can still believe that people ride for it 100% uh, but has it actually been long enough since it's oversaturation in every piece of media and farewell that mm-hmm. maybe 17 year olds now who are approaching the end of their high school tenure aren't 
you're familiar with it. So mm. popping it at a graduation. Yeah. I can't imagine being right. like a functioning adult and not knowing this song. But that's well, the thing, right? We're adults, old yeah. now. Like, if you're, if you're coming into the cusp of adulthood. Yeah, but like... They all had fucking kids too, right? All the people that used to go see Green Day now have kids in Green Day shirts. Yeah. They're like, very much an intergenerational band. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, if you're at that stage where you hate your parents' music and... <laughs> Could you imagine? My fucking parents listen to punk. Oh, I hate it. I'm going to rebel against my yeah. punk parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you by, can't by rebel. That's to my Migos. job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably the most famous inclusion of this song is uh, Seinfeld mm-hmm. and the the series finale. Yeah, the, the very yep. end of the Seinfeld. The very end of Seinfeld. Yep. Pretty weak app. <laughs> like, so I don't really... And, like, the later seasons... Like, I watched Seinfeld a bit. Like, it's very comfy TV for me. I don't really watch the later couple of seasons after Larry left. Got a bit silly in the plot lines. And mm-hmm. then the last step is pretty much just, like, a who's who of the cast... Like of the guest stars, they just like the soup Nazi comes back and all that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, oh, it, yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't. I think it was serving a different purpose to being an episode at that yeah. point. Yeah, because yeah. that's why like Larry David now says that if he like when he ends, if he ends Kurt, he's not going to have an ending. He's just like going to be a regular end of a series. Dude, like, endings are overrated. Yeah, but also hard. I'm like, more, how I'm do you wrap up like I'm more into a middles. nine season long? you know, sitcom that completely changed TV Particularly comedy. Particularly Seinfeld, right? Yeah, like, right. Like, the Office and, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine are going to end with weddings. That's the yeah, kind of show yeah. it is. Compared to, like, Seinfeld, which was intentionally for selfish narcissists. You can't... Like, it's end, the fact that it ends with this emotional song is a weird yeah, yeah. thing. But it yeah, makes that's kind of a good yeah. point, yeah. It is, it is kind of weird. <laughs> good riddance, mate. <laughs> no, I would have ended Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry looked at the camera. <laughs> What's the deal with good riddance? I mean, it's not good. There's no riddance. Hey, Larry, I brought you a copy of the Great Day record to use at the end of code. In number 83, it's uh, Super Jesus. Uh, This is a song called Now and Then. The big two. <laughs> yeah! God. We got baby! You get, you get them both. In the 1998 Honest 100, that's now and then from the album Sumo. Adam, hello. Now or then, pick one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with now. Good okay. man. Yeah, burn the past. That's Nostalgia right. Nostalgia is poison. Just, yep. just living the moment, <laughs> listening to 20 year old Super Jesus tracks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, Alan Watts apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's go then. So give us your Benfold's Garbageman, uh, whatever you got on this, and then let's go now. 
How do you feel about the song? Uh, well, it's another cut from Sumo. Yes. Uh, I believe this was the third single. Single so number three, third inclusion. I have to say, the batting average for Super Jesus in terms of singles getting into hottest 100s is pretty good. Pretty solid, pretty, hey? Pretty hold, good hold right now. Yeah, it's three for three. Just had to check. <laughs> the, big, the, big three, the big three. The, big three. the math checks out. Yeah. yeah. Quick yeah. maths. And this time they're in ballad mode. So cool to see Super Jesus kind of doing something a little bit different, just switching gears. And honestly, killing this gear as well. It's all about that vocal sample, which you kind of like is reminiscent of strings, kind of making you really lean in and listen to it to figure out what's going on with that. Just like that really bendy, ethereal hook it just really anchors you back as a fascination point to the rest of the song and allows the rest of the music to kind of swirl around that you've also got sarah once again you know despite the fact that they're doing a ballad and doing something completely different still having those tumbling melodies the melodies that just kind of keep flowing over the top of the songs and maybe showcasing if not a better vocal performance at least a different and equally realized vocal performance from her i think it's like a industry thing like the third single is the ballad Mm. Oh, right, yeah. Having her be able to show off her vocal prowess in ballad mode can give you a more obvious appreciation of what she's capable of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this song, like, maybe there's something, you know, that's that's being triggered for me imaginatively with that vocal sample kind of sounding like Eastern-style strings, but I really get a real sense of, like, journeying through mm. this song. Like, it feels travelly. It feels like it, it, it moves. And, like... It's a long odyssey kind of destination. It feels so, uh, kind of aimless or as if you've lost sight of the destination to where you're going, but you're still kind of traveling along there. It's almost lost. But And once again, Super Jesus are focusing in on y- yourself. Like, all their lyrics are so concerned with, mm-hmm. with I. It's all very much just kind of like focusing on introspection and uh, and where you are in, in relation to the world and stuff like that. I think this is the uh, the Super Jesus song I remember the most from the day. That opening riff and the wordless vocals that moan yeah. or whatever. Put it on like, holy crap, I definitely remember hearing this song. So like, I, I really, really enjoy this. Very like straightforward kind of rock ballad kind of thing like that. But again, yeah. like, like we said with, I feel like I mentioned this every time we speak about the Super Jesus, that um, their songwriting is relatively straightforward rock music, even yep. when they're in ballad mode. But... They like I guess the production, whatever amps they're using, just give the the guitars a good chug. And Sarah's Vox, like yeah, that's why they're a more remarkable band than I guess the sum of their parts. Sarah and the chugginess of it all yeah. just works to elevate them above the usual female fronted rock bands in over the nineties. They always sound a bit different for no particular discernible reason. There's not songwriting; it's just the yeah. effects and her voice always elevate them for me. And I think this is a. Mm. Whenever rock bands do ballads, I think I've said a few times, it's never my favourite reason to go into rock music, but they do a damn fine job. And also, very sincere thing, if you go to the YouTube, and this is fucking rare to defend YouTube comments, but the comments on this are just really sincere and love and just being like, oh man, I really would love to see these guys live, I'm a bit young, but I think this is a great song. And people oh, like, no. are like, oh man, I saw these guys, but I saw them, oh, you really missed out, they're one of Australia's best bands. And just It's just this fucking loving for the Super Jesus. I'm like, yeah! Well, hopefully they are all old enough to now go to the sumo anniversary tour Indeed. that's happening in October. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Band excursion? Band excursion? Oh, I'm in. Yeah, I would, I would I'd 100% probably not. I'm not going to lie. Coward. But yeah, I think this is a fine fucking rock song. It, yeah. it lives and dies by Sarah's vocals for yeah. me. Like, sh- what a singer, man. Like, I didn't think I really fully appreciated it growing up. I always kind of liked a couple of Super Jesus songs, but I never really understood that ear for melody she had until a little while ago when... You know when YouTubers just say, Oi, play this. And you say, like, Really? 
is that the video of a secret agent man by the super Jesus? <laughs> and they're just like, trust me on this one. I'm just like, all right, believe in the algorithm. And then I play it. And I'm just like, holy fuck, this song is good. Yeah, like it really it's just is, yeah, right? and like incredible sense of melody and like harmony and yeah, just really, really in- intrinsic, powerful vocals. That's a big part of what gets this song over the line. If it was anyone else singing it, it would be a total fucking disservice. You know what and I mean? I think that's so much of their disco, right? They've replaced a number of their members throughout the I'm, years, correct? I'm ninety percent sure she's the only original member, and that's yeah. because like she is what would make the band, right? Like, it's her yeah. vocals. I mean... No, nah, the yeah. Super Jesus lives and dies by the guy from the androids. I'd rather do it with <laughs> That's one of my favourite things on Android. their... Uh. That's one of my favourite things on their Wikipedia page. Tim Henwood came in as their lead guitarist to replace the original guy. So he was with the band uh, from, like, 2000-ish. And then he rejoined them when they reunited in 2013. And then it says on their Wikipedia, in 2015, Henwood left the Super Jesus to return to the androids. <laughs> this was 2015! <laughs> Who was screaming out for, oh, fuck, let's get the androids back together? Yeah. Are you kidding me? The time is right. <laughs> if you don't know who the androids are... There's a song about rooting a certain pop star yeah. that we all do know it, and love. Do it with Madonna. Madonna. <sighs> Wow. wow. I've said enough. Yeah, well, I can't wait I've to discuss it, that. I've bad said enough. Yeah. That'll, that'll be a good one. Actually, ad. let's review it now. That uh, was Do It With Madonna by the Androids. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> but this is lovely. Like, this would never be what I go to Super Jesus for. But you're not complaining. No, that's it. And, and it's all just, yeah, those beautiful tumbling melodies from Sarah. Yeah. Just like, you just get swept up in it. I think the kind of the rational part of me is just like, this is a ballad and whatever. But then I just get swept away and it's like, this is beautiful and I'm here for it. Oh, yeah. I definitely think it is like there's a hard cap on it because it's it's a rock ballad. Yeah. As far as rock ballads go, the Super Jesus are solid. Yeah. You know, I said the same thing about Garbage Cutter last week. It's just solid. Mm. There's a reliability and there is a, there is a, again, another cap on, on how bad a Super Jesus song can be just by virtue of the fact that they're a great band. (laughs) Fuck Yeah. At number 82, it's Drugstore, featuring old mate Thomas York. Uh, this is a song called El Presidente. Plum trees 
Sheep or two and a kangaroo Close right out the back Round around the front And an old rocking chair Well, none of us asked for <laughs> Tom York's version of that. We didn't have to ask. But we got it. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> You're welcome! Thanks. Thanks for popping by. I kind of regret that while you were here on the podcast, that's the only thing we could get you to do. <laughs> we didn't better use this time to interview you about anything. Yeah, but, um, you, but you insisted, so we're, yeah. we're going to say no to a rock star. Yeah, I'm right. really into John Williamson right now. Who so. isn't? <laughs> isn't me and you. If you only had two sheep... Because it's a sheep or two. Is a sheep it, or two. Yeah, I, I think I'd go two because I want I want, I want old mate to have have a buddy. Can, this exactly, is what, exactly. I, this well, is what I was multiply saying. As well. well, no. Whoa. I think that I think they're like herd animals, so I don't know whether two is actually enough to keep them happy. Mm. I think that'd be because right. you can't have a single cow because the cows get mad depressed. Yeah, you have to have lots of cows, and horses are kind of similar as well. Well, like. I don't want to turn this into the animal rights whinging <laughs> section, but we shouldn't be using sheep the way we use sheep. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about um, our president from <laughs> drugstore. Sheep are talking to kangaroo. Are, they, are the sheep and kangaroo friends? Kangaroos are never friends, man. They're <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. Waits for John Williamson to leave, and he fucking hops up. Yeah. <laughs> Just punches the sheep in the face. However, I feel like kangaroos and sheep have like a... An uneasy truce. <laughs> a cold Very, war. Yeah, the cold war of animals. <laughs> if that war heated up, oh, fucking boy. hell, the outback would be a mess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 already, it's already pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let alone if there was yeah. a war between yeah, ships. Emu War 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, can I say, just on kangaroos, uh, Fitzbo. You see the, yeah, oh man, see the jacked. The jacked mm. daddy kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> They're so ripped. Yeah, just watching so, our bag Jack at the gym. So this song, so this song, which has nothing to do with yeah. kangaroos. Ah, uh, yeah, this is a uh, drugstore with El President. Bitch, are you still at my fucking job? Where you doing, man? We've <laughs> uh, been talking about kangaroos. It seems like you left the office for the day. <laughs> I mean, uh, fair enough. Uh, bring us in, Deej. Bring us in. As I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. David, you know you were not saying. <laughs> <laughs> so that was drugstore. That that is drugstore. Feet, the young man whose name we all know and love, uh, checks checks list. Tom Yorker uh, from from the Radio Heads could be a different Tom York in the same way you know that Seinfeld episode where George buys John Voight's car. You know what? This car was owned by John Voight. Ah, uh, you see, I told you. Except John is spelled with an H. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the car! That's yes, true. that's very true. I'm so glad I got to do it because I've been sitting here trying to think of Seinfeld things, mm. and that's the only thing I. Sorry, it's a good one though. I've been, I've been freak. I mean, what does George say? <laughs> I've been trying this whole time, and I was end up. George isn't at home. George, uh, baby. Oh, Did I do it? It's yeah. Perfect. So that's a song called El President. It came out in 1998 and it's uh, in the Hottest 100. That's all the information I have. So, uh, Andrew. <laughs> yes. Tell us what you know. London-based kind of alternative dream pop, trip hoppy band uh, led by Brazilian singer-songwriter and bassist Isabel Monteiro. I'm not sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, El President. My Spanish isn't up to snuff. I think it's short for the president. Um, <laughs> short, uh, short for. <laughs> well, El is shorter than the. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have a guest starter come in and moan, kill the president, you 
might as well get Tom York. Mm, he, he does seems, it very well. He does it very fucking well. Yeah. I think it's a very nice song. I hadn't heard it before. I didn't know Tom York did a bunch of guest stuff outside of that PJ Harvey track. Pops in every now and again. Yeah, apparently. Um, well, they toured with Radiohead. Right, okay, yeah. I can see that, yeah. yeah. Um, that dreamy cello riff, her vox, very good. All this kind of works. It's kind of like the tail end of trip hop's dominance, or mm. like not only dominance, right? Like peripheral existence of the 90s. It's obviously just like one tone of a song, it doesn't really change a huge amount, but um, I think it definitely works as a piece of dream pop trip-hop music. It's kind of lovely in its own way. I think the lyrics are kind of cool. I don't know, maybe just because I have a sucker for Tom York when he delivers lyrics, I'm like, man, those are good lyrics. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> There's a bit in the vocal melody, it's happened a few times, I can't remember any of the individual lyrics, but it's exactly the same vocal cadence as um, Bob Dylan's Mr. Tambourine Man. The, um, the, oh, yeah. the, uh, the silhouetted by the sea is a bit in, in that where he keeps doing the exact same like vocal cadence and it made me think of Mr. Tambourine Man a lot, which is my favourite Bob Dylan's song so uh, mm. extra point <laughs> tallying it all up and then we heard of drugstore no no, no nobody heard no. this song before right no no that's why it's weird to me that there's a tom york song that like i guess people who are all radiohead fans weren't even fucking aware of like, yeah. like i'm not delving the depths of tom york's feet discog but <laughs> but like i think this i liked this right but like i don't know did anybody else want to like it more than they did yeah no it, it's it's, it, it's just this you fine. loved it no it's <laughs> fine <laughs> But you didn't want to like it more. No. You were like, I'm content with uh, my like, enjoyment I was fine. I was fine where I was. Square in the middle, baby. <laughs> nice. I think I like it more than I know. Then you the... want to like it? No, I think I like it more than... <laughs> it's like heroin, right? That's a like... really yeah. weird question to ask. <laughs> yeah, I think I like it more than I kind of realise now. Mm-hmm. I suspect how much I think I like the song is going to change and I'm going to go back and be like, man, that was actually really yeah. good. I reckon sure. in a year's time, Adam's got a drugstore shirt. He's riding hard for the, the, the B-sides. <laughs> Anything could happen. These guys have a lot of B-sides, by the way. Really? Yeah. They're one of those bands that have like a lot of archival kind of stuff that they've released really slowly. And uh, I like those bands. They're a good, they're a good band for the completionists out there. Hmm. The people who yeah, really like to like down I like those uh, as a completionist with like heaps of like bootleg recordings of bands that they love still yeah like, you're like oh man look at this this one cut of like Nick Cave performing Papa Don't Leave You Henry but to the tune of Darker With The Day yeah, everyone's yeah. like dude no one fucking cares about that <laughs> um what I really like about this track is the way it floats in and out of tension and drama yeah like, it goes really like dramatic and then it turns into this like weird floaty almost hopeful thing mm. and to have that mood with the lyric kill the president yeah. there's something about that yeah like I don't I don't know exactly what it is but it's it's very appealing like there's a lot of character in it just like the lyric is all well, I'm just a man like yeah. to, to start that off there's, there's a, there is a limit to how seriously you can kind of take that so it sets itself up on this in this weird place and I think I kind of enjoy the tone that it that it operates within tension and drama and then the opposite of that existing at the same time and the seriousness of like being about a real coup that happened, yeah. apparently. Oh, I thought well, it was just a... It's real. It happened in the 70s. Yeah, yeah well, I thought it was just about being against... Events against whatever incumbent president, president right? No, there, it's there, there about Bill Clinton. I don't think there's been a good president, so... <laughs> Um, well, this is about the Chilean former president, Salvador Allende. Right, okay. Uh, he was he was ousted in a coup in 1973. Was he a baddie? <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Uh, Salvador Allende. Good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> Great Google. You laughed at my Google, but the first thing that came up was like an academic article. Right. So how bad was it? If the title of the essay is or Salvador bad. Allende, good or bad, question mark. Commentary. Okay. Salvador Allende, his role in Chilean politics. Yeah. This is what we're after. Yeah, yeah. 
Carlin, you go, hack. Go, we yeah. are all over this. Go to his wiki. That'll that'll list his political ideology. Yeah, there you go. Good or bad. Yeah, because if he was, maybe he was ousted in like a cool coup by like like some like leftist rebels. He was a physician. He was also the first Marxist to become president of a Latin American country through open elections. Sounds like a goodie to me. Sounds like a goodie. He liked supporting independent podcasts. Oh, (laughs) big goodie. Yeah, that was. That that was um, that was in Mar- that was in Marx's dialectic, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like many people, he enjoyed podcasts, but he went the extra step and gave them five stars <laughs> on Great. iTunes. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to succinctly find out whether someone is good or bad. <laughs> whether a politician is a goodie or a baddie, unless they're particularly goodie or baddie, then it's hard to pass that. Even then, Pol Pot baddie. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Thumbs down for Pol Pot. You're going on record? Yep, yep. I, I don't care who I offend here, <laughs> but I'm going to say that the Khmer Rouge killing fields were a net loss. Just a bad move by Mr. Pot. Polly. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Pot is a funnier name than he, <laughs> than he, is, as Mr. Than he is as a man. Like, Mr. Pot is sort of like a character from a book with like rotund oh, like naughty or something. He's dropping his glasses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So come on, Mr. Mr. Pot. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Not, no, I shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not friends with the Khmer Rouge. Go on record. Baddies. <laughs> Baddies. So that's, you heard it here first. That, that's drugstore for you. <laughs> goodies, I would goodies, say. Yeah. I would say. I would say drugstore yeah, goodies. Goodies. What do you think they think about the ousting of the president? I think he, from the song, I infer that he's good. Did, they, did they kill him in the coup? Did they actually yeah. kill the president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he wow. died in the coup. Wow, they actually um, did kill the president. Would you want to be killed in a coup? What do you reckon? No, I wouldn't want to be killed ever. Compared to the other ways that you might die. In a coup. It would suck to die like uh, shortly after the coup, or like shortly you before the coup, <laughs> unless you sparked the coup. Yeah, well, if you like have a heart attack on the toilet while they're storming the gates, <laughs> like don't worry, he's already dead. <laughs> His pants are down. History would not shine brightly on that guy. You'd be a baddie. This is the way you died. Mr. Pot. <laughs> Damn it, Mr. Pot. It's classic Mr. Pot when yeah, you die. Yeah. I would like to not die ever. That's top preference. <laughs> Same. Mm. That's, that's, that's number one. Okay, uh, number one, not die ever. Yeah. Number two, die at the heat of the universe after a long, fulfilling life of exploring the stars and being a hero. Oh, that's good. Number two, that's that. Uh, is coup three? I don't know. Surrounded, <laughs> I mean... by, surrounded by friends and family, four. Coup uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the big four. <laughs> yeah. Number five, like Elvis, eat a ham sandwich on the dunny. Let me, let me to recap the the big four ways to die. Uh, one, never, not, at all. No, not don't uh, heat, death, universe, uh, coup, Forever, friends, 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 friends and family, family. eat a ham sandwich. <laughs> That's this podcast me. has gone to the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Shall, we, shall we crack on to Brand Van 3000? I, I have mean, some comments about them. I got some things to say about that guy. Yeah, same. He's a baddie. <laughs> and number 81, it's Brand Van 3000 with Drinking in LA.
talk. This is liquid. Ring a ding a ding and want those three brand band tickets, man. Time. I'm alive. I'm alive. I woke up again this morning with the sun in my eyes. When Mike came over with a script surprise, a mafioso story with a twist. I told him all food, told him you were here to get your ass out of bed. He said I was planning on the way, but we did nothing. Brand Van 3000 uh, with Drinking in L.A. coming in at number 81 in the 1998 Triple J Hottest 100. Worth saying, uh, there's a G. It's Drinking. Yeah. It's not yeah, Drinking. Yeah, it's not so drinking. full credit to the boys. Uh, they got the G. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brand Van 3000 got their name when they asked me three pretty straightforward questions. They asked me what I have for breakfast. Uh, what my favorite A-Team character is, uh, and what my favorite number is. And they came up with Brand Van 3000. Would that's you like- a really good number to have as your favorite number. Yeah, Andre 3000. Yeah, that's good. Other things. Yeah. The Year 3000 by Busted, uh-huh. later covered by the Jonas Brothers. The upcoming Year 3000? Yes. <laughs> Might be all right. Cruising around. Cruising around, yeah. exploring the stars. Yes. Oh. Getting murked in coos. <laughs> <laughs> the dream. <laughs> <laughs> the coups are even more brutal in the year 3000. Oh no, they're murking me in this coup. shit. Guys, murking coups is a real. That's Celadorus fuck. <laughs> Murked in coos. Oh. <laughs> Look at my check thing. Murked in coos. You can totally imagine it like um, like one of those like Ron Burgundy unique New York yeah. unique yeah. New York <laughs> murked in coos. <laughs> the arsonist had oddly shaped feet because he was murked in coos. In coos. In coos. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, we all uh, like saying murked in coos. Who's doing the drinking? <laughs> It's Cruz. Hey, Deej. Yes. Would you like to know where they really got the name Brandvan 3000? No. I, uh, <laughs> I would. That's fair. That is fair. I would. I'm dying to know. Okay, thanks, mate. I want a reason to... Well, it's not because I hate them yet. I want to start by just getting the facts out there. And yep. then we'll we'll, ass, we'll assess the case from Oi, there. Before yeah. we do that, we'll play the, can the, you answer these questions? Yes. What 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 is your breakfast? Uh, what's, your, what's your brand van 3000? Oh yeah, Ooh, that's, good one. This is oh, good. I don't know the fuck eighteen. <laughs> um, um, okay, well, uh, mine is. Uh, well, this takes a while to explain. Uh, Turmeric scrambled eggs. Eggs. With... It's just eggs. <laughs> just eggs. <laughs> but uh, they also have like Brussels sprouts. Uh, maybe like a little 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 crispy crispy bacon in there. Some feta cheese. I reckon that's eggs though. It's like, eggs. the meal is yeah, eggs. eggs. Eggs, Mister T. Eggs, Mister <laughs> T. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 95? Yeah, nice. Right. Yes. XT95, uh, actually. XT95. Not bad. Nathan? Toast T13? Nice. Mm. Toasty, toasty 13. Yeah. Yeah, Toast nice. T13. Epic. None of you know any Asian um, characters that aren't Mr. Yeah. T. Um, no. well, I, I Coffee Baracus <laughs> 3. <laughs> Coffee Baracus 3 is yeah. sick. That's good. Yeah. That nice. actually... My favourite's the van because it gets them there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That was, that was, uh, that was good. <laughs> Murked in coos. Murked in coos. So the real name of Brevan 3000 is derived 
Etymologically, yeah, okay, we're using big words on Wikipedia, are we? For, for Brand Van 3000, that's where we're... I'm starting to editorialise. I, I said I keep it to the fact. Uh, so the Swedish liquor Brandvin, which is a style of spirit best described as low-grade vodka. Oh, Jesus. Best described. Best, described. best dragged as. <laughs> there was a joke going around with their torp-coloured Volkswagen camper van owned by uh, one of the the members of uh, Brandman 3000, E.P. Bergen, uh, the other member being James DeSalvio. We'll get to more of him mm. in a minute. The joke was that this, uh, this camper van ran on that really shitty vodka spirit, mm-hmm. uh, Brand Flakes, and Brand Recognition. Just to, I'm just sticking to the facts. Okay. That's what it says, right? That was the joke that this band had, okay? Where's the 3000 from? How many times they told that joke? <laughs> Zing. That's the amount of times that Al Pacino swears in Scarface. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. So, as as mentioned, there are two main people behind it: James DeSalvio and E.P. Bergen. But the collective itself it consisted of about twenty other people, more than that, who kind of floated in and out. Classic, like Canadian thing to do. You, oh, yeah. you start a band, yeah. you get a yeah, bunch of yeah. other Canadians to drift in and out of your band, a la yeah. Broken Social Scene and the Silver Mount Zion. Market Fire. Also, I say what you want about uh, Too Many Cooks, perhaps in relation to Broth. I wonder too how many this song cooks, is. <laughs> <laughs> to stick to the facts for now. Yeah. Too many cooks. Anyway, so uh, DeSalvio was a video director and he was just working you know, from gig to gig over in Quebec. He fell into a bit of a windfall and decided that he wanted to try his hand at the music game. So he got in touch with his friend E.P. Bergen. He bought some studio equipment and they turned their hand to just making some tracks. One of these tracks, wouldn't you know it, got a number one in Quebec. And then they moved to New York. <laughs> and Quebec, though. Like, what's I, the, you, well, is that a particularly discerning music market? Let's look at uh, the evidence. So God's I feel like from... we could probably get a number one in Quebec if we wanted. <laughs> Huge. Uh, more on that later. <laughs> I think we should try. And the song itself, uh, according to DeSalvio, says, it's about me being in LA, trying to make a movie and getting really bored with it and going out clubbing and DJing, okay. eventually <laughs> taking the jump into making the record. It's kind of like falling out of love with one medium and into the next. When you impose those things on your life and you had to do things because of your ego, you have to accomplish so much at a certain age and you want to do something else and then you have to take the plunge and do it. Imagine thinking that's an interesting story. Imagine thinking, yeah, it was hard making a movie so I had to rely on my drinking and DJing career. Fucking hell, man. This guy's a dickhead. Like this song, from the opening, brutally cringy fucking looking for those brand van tickets, spoken word. I'm like, well, I'm on the back foot. Oh, man. You have to dig me out of the hole before I like this song. Okay, this is just pure masturbation 100%. For, this, for this dude in song form. It is just driven entirely by ego, and there is nothing of substance to offer either musically, lyrically, or in any other piece of content at all. This is the person who you, you we've all met this guy. We've all met a DeSalvio in our lives yeah. who's just like so obsessed with their own ego and the fact that and thinking that they can do things. This guy just happened to have hoodwinked enough people into thinking that that he can yeah, as well. It's super like um the oh sound, my god. The sound of the actual song is like um I know uh Deej's uh Favorite band, Primal Scream. Ah, um, yes, old mates. <laughs> yeah, uh, their their record, Screamadelica from nine ninety one. Uh, it's like low rate that, um, just musically, I think, and it sounds like a bunch of jocks aping the Sonics of this fucking like underground British club 
tech house thing that the Promise Grammy were doing in the early 90s. The, it was this song was featured in uh, multiple television commercials for uh, Rolling Rock Beer in the United Kingdom, making it peak at number three after it had originally peaked at number thirty-four the year it was released. So good work, I guess. For the, having it in a shitty beer commercial made it be a pop hit. And let's just look at the music though. Like I think it sounds muddy. Like the music sounds muddy. There's nothing going on of interest in terms of like the the instrumentation. I can't remember any of the lyrics. But it's from so the verses. but it's still so fucking busy, right? It's just like mm. I put yeah. this in there, I put this in there, I put this in there, I put yep. this in there, I put this in there. Yeah. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. None of it needs to yeah. be there at all. None of it at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would I would much rather listen to fucking 433, hey. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you t- and you talk Yeah, yeah. Just to have a little bit mindful moment. Alan Watts oh, back oh, again. Some fucking quiet thanks. Yeah, exactly. But it, it just like yap yap yap. The thing yap, that yap. gets me the most is just when the the stretching out of the certain vowels in the middle of worst twenty six. It's like. Uh, it's a bad hook. You wrote a bad hook. You performed a bad hook. No, I'm just, it, it, it sounds like like the chorus band, like because I'm drinking in LA, makes it. And knowing the background now as well solidifies this interpretation that I have when I heard the song. It sounds like it's trying to be like saying like, man, like you're at this point where you're like mm. it's shitty and you're like fucking hell, I'm too old to be just sitting here drinking in LA. No, but it's but 26. Yeah, right. Yeah. What the fuck's your problem, man? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing, right? It's, it's that kind of we can't full, write a song. Yeah. Well, but it's that fully. It was just like, oh man, it's so hard being this old at 26 and I still haven't heard a hit in the music business now I'm drinking in LA I got angry listening to this song and knowing the background makes me even yeah quarter life crisis is a real thing I can understand having an existential crisis when you reach and you get into your 20s or whatever however if you are having one and I implore anyone listening to this right now if you're having a quarter life crisis don't use that as a reason to make art about your quarter life crisis. Yeah. And also, you can uh, make it about something else. Actually, you know, if you if you yeah. if you have a quarter life crisis and decide, you know, now is the time that I've got this story that the world needs to hear, and I'm going to tell it. Go for it. Mm. Write that album, but don't just do don't do this. How is this here though? How is this here? Like, how is this here? This must have had like some sort of like oh, it must have been an ad or in a That's, fucking TV yeah. show or in a movie or some other. Goddamn bullshit. Like, would Jay have been spinning this? I think there must have been if it's here. Oh, yeah, true, obviously. Yeah, obviously this was... Yeah, yeah. Triple J. Triple J. Like, I, I feel like, like the only, hey, man. only hey, tracks that would get J. in without Triple J airplay are either local tracks that just have huge, like, street teams support or whatever, or, like, your Alanis's... Alana C's, yeah. sorry. Alana C's. Hey, uh, <laughs> your, um, your, your Wheatuses or your, your Wheatai. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, like, are coming in from the, the other, other end side. of, like, huge yeah. outside success. But this surely adds neither. <laughs> so they must have played it. I just... It's a bad song, right? I, like, it's, it's really bad. Yeah, it's I, so... I can't find the devil's advocate argument of what the appeal would be. It's just not... No. Because it's, no. cr- it's crappy. Because it's, it's shit. So... Yeah. Fuck this song. You got yeah. that? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, big way. Yeah, right. in a big, in a big, well, are big we, way. Are we all on board for that? Well, I just... Not that I think it's good. I'm just like, what the fuck is... This is just bad. It doesn't make me angry. Oh, it, it makes just, me very... I can tell. Are you, <laughs> all right, well, uh, we, we got look, three out... We, look, we got, I'll, I'll join, but, you, you know. <laughs> it's it's not really in it. Oh, I don't care about it anymore. Uh, either you're all out or you're all in. Well, I'm all out It's then. a coup. Yeah. yeah. Murked by Am I getting murked? Murked. <laughs> yeah. Adam Andrew on three. Yeah. One, two, three. Fuck, Fuck this, this song. song. Oh, come on. Put some yeah. balls yeah. into yeah. it. Okay, Murk it in a coup. Yeah, Murk it in a fucking coup. <laughs> go again. Come on. Go. One, two, three. Fuck, Fuck this, this song. song. There we go. Yeah. Nice. <sighs> I felt it then. There All we right. go. 
Let's Let's pick out Lee's favorite. That guy is a son of a bitch. I love David doing Scarface. It's loud. It's loud and good. Let's do the let's do the end of the show, huh? You're turning into Grover again. <laughs> <laughs> the Scarface Grover divide has been breached. <laughs> Pacino comes out with both guns. Hello, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> And back again, recurring segment, re- recurring regularly. Um, <laughs> um, what, As what to do? <laughs> what's good for you? What's you good can for set, us? That, this is a segment you can <laughs> set, set your watch to. Set your watch to. <laughs> yep, just like every week, it's a, a firm reminder of why I am but a guest, not host of a podcast. <laughs> David, the much Hello. more professional host man, what's yes. been good for you this week, my friend? Well, a good friend of mine uh, from Melbourne, Australia, has put out his second studio album. He goes by the name of Fraser A. Gorman because that is his name. Uh, it's his second album. It's called Easy Daisy and uh, I really dig it. Uh, it's a very, very clean inspired by a lot of 70s AM radio rock sort of stuff but also still has that kind of contemporary edge to it. He, he's an old soul at heart but like uh, he, he's definitely made a lot of progress as a, as a songwriter and uh, I think that really shows on this record. So Fraser A. Gorman, the album is called Easy Daisy D-A-Z-Y. So check it out. Nice. I um, also have an album that I've been very much vibing on. I'm sure I'm not the first person to talk about how great the electronic music producer Sophie is is, but she dropped her debut full-length record after a number of singles and EPs mm-hmm. and that recently. The album is called Oil of Every Pearl's Uninside. Um, it's like a, a, a bastardization of Oil of Every Person's Inside. But Sophie's debut record is an absolute masterpiece of weirdo experimental pop music, I think. It fucks. It fucks so hard. It's a very Oof. horny record, um, but <laughs> it has a, it's a really great exploration of Sophie's... Um, recently proud and out public gender identity as a woman, which is really beautiful, but then also it just is super horny and does some incredible stuff that's really fascinating with like pulsing electronic techno beats and how that interacts with pop music. It's a really remarkable record. It's only like a neat 40 minutes because this is the year of the polite album length. Mm. And I recommend it very, very high. Sophie's debut record, Oil of Every Pearl's Uninside. Adam. I'm going to go with a black gay slash post-metal... You're speaking my language right now. ...band from Denmark that came out of nowhere and really impressed me. The band is called Mole, um, with a little line through the O. Mole. And the album is called Jord, J-O-R-D. This year? This year. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, yeah. Great wreck. And it's only still kind of bubbling under as a band. But they're signed to a label that has got a lot of my attention in regards to metal this year called Holy Raw. There's a, another really great band called Conjurer um, who released an album called Maya that have signed on to that. That's an also a phenomenal album. And, um, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on that label in general. Great. Love to find a good label to follow. Exactly. You feel like, an, you feel like, you feel like a real intelligent music listener. Like, yeah. You feel like- it just gives you ins to bands that you wouldn't find otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah. Mole and Jord. And, yeah, very accessible, though. Yeah, like, great. Cool. I will definitely know that myself. Yeah. Yeah. Love to access yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nathan, well, if you do love to access things, yeah. what have you accessed this week? Well, I've uh, really been enjoying the new album by Shoaib Ahmed called Quiver. Uh, Shoab is a Canberra artist um, who she also plays in Tangents um, and Oranges and a whole bunch of other bands. And Agency. I, Agency. Really I, fucking good band. Yeah. So she fingers in many musical pies. And this is a solo album though. Yeah, this is a solo album. But I think uh, it's kind of just like, I guess, indie rock, but you can really feel all the, the influences of the other work she's done. 
and the arrangements are just incredible. Gorgeous album. Also, coincidentally enough, seeing you talk about Sophie, about uh, Shoab's gender identity um, oh, over the last few years. But it's just like really beautiful listen as an indie rock, but there's a real depth there that um, is super interesting and fascinating. Gorgeous songs as well. What's the name of the album? Uh, Quiver. Great. Thank you very much. Really, like we always did a joke about you giving us an iTunes review, but if something has made you, like, giving you some pleasure this week, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, um, all the uh, the email as well. If you don't use those savings, there's just hottest 100s and thousands at gmail.com and all that. We always do love hearing from you. It is also very, very sweet when you do give us five-star reviews on iTunes. So, you know, <laughs> ebb and flow. Yeah. <laughs> In America, <laughs> first you get the five star, then you get the money, then you get the women. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, man. <laughs> and thanks to FBI Radio for not murking us in a coup. In and a thanks coup. to Sweet Potato for being the soundtrack to any coup where any we murk someone murky, else. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites as per usual and continue the, yeah, a continuing story of champs and chumps getting murked in coos. <laughs> uh, uh, my favourite from this week, let's go with something for Kate. But I reckon I'm going to hang on to Smashing Pumpkins for now. Nice one. Drinking in LA, least favourite. And we got it. We got a new. We got a new chump, baby. Yep, doing the same. Uh, least fave is definitely drinking in LA, and it's also a new chump dethroning, yes! dethroning space. Uh, and my fave. You know what? I'm going to give it to Green Day. It's a very good song. It's just been overplayed yeah, right. this scene, but the nice. song itself is very good. My champ remains Beck Tropicalia. My favorite from this episode, something for Kate. Uh, but I'll keep Jebediah as my champs. Yeah, new chump is definitely Brand Van Three Thousand. In a big way. <laughs> in a big fucking way. At least favourite and new chump, like, easily. And... It's four for four. It's gonna... <laughs> it is gonna take... We've opened a new loop. <laughs> some effort to dethrone. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually our first real stinker of the countdown. Yeah, that's it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a first notably crappy song. Yeah. Uh, Harpoon was also my favourite track for this episode. Um, and I am sorely tempted to make it my new carry of a champ, but I think I'm going to remain with Silver Chair just for the moment. Alrighty, we will see you real soon where we are going to crack into the 70s. We're going to leave the 80s behind and get into the 70s. It's moving so quick. One day you're just like, oh, yeah, fuck, here we go again. And Number you're 100. like, what am I doing drinking in LA? Yeah. <laughs> Triggered. Oh. Triggered myself. I'm 27. <laughs> Let's go murk these fuckers. In a... In a... In a coup. <laughs> Murked in coos. <laughs> People are well jacking for saying that right now. Ironically, it may cause our listeners to (laughs) murk us. As Lord Wayne once said, download the economy. (laughs) (laughs) To stop listening to the podcast. (laughs) On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Goodbye. Mr. Adam Buncher. George, baby. My name is Jerry Seinfeld. Everything is murk for coos. Are we the baddies?